0: Welcome to the Trailer Island Podcast. It's another Wednesday, another episode. Episode 3 this week, we haven't killed each other.
1: Not yet. No, we're going strong. But soon... (laughs) Oh, so very soon I'm joined by Steve And Matthew I love this song Oh, thank you Yeah, Matthew, didn't you make this song? Well, it's funny you say that, Alex Because I did, yes It was uh, my little contribution there If people want to find you on the internet Do you have an Instagram or uh, Um, I have no internet presence whatsoever (laughs) Do not try try and find me I
0: might just post photos of you on a private account or something Oh, no Again? <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, well, last week we talked about a TV show, and this week I guess we've got another film to talk about because we're on Trailer Island. We are comparing films to their trailers. Did the film live up to what the trailer promised? Matthew, would you like to introduce this one?
1: Yeah, uh, this is a, a Netflix film, a Netflix original film called Marriage Story. Yeah, starring Anthony. Dri- sorry, Adam Driver, not Anthony. Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Anthony his older brother. I, I guess I don't know where I got Anthony from. I think of Anthony Hopkins for <laughs> I, knew I knew it. Anthony Hopkins is not in this film, but my mind went there for some
0: reason. <laughs> there were th- I think three trailers to this. One one trailer was a real mix-up of, mm. I guess the other two trailers, which are themed in a way. They are mm-hmm. each of our main characters different perspectives on one another yeah so they have they provide both a narrative of how they feel about the other person and that gives sort of what this story is kind of about i will play a bit from the trailer and it's about the only 10 seconds of the trailer (laughs) we can use that doesn't have music so here we go here's a trailer from marriage story
2: i thought we should talk okay (laughs) i don't know how to start
1: I think that actually sums up this film quite well, which is just that really naturalistic acting, like the long pauses, the 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 naturalistic acting style, which is really effective because Mm. it's kind. You're not used to it. You're used to everything being you know Mm. snappy. That's Um, a lot of dead air in a trailer as well. It is, yeah. yeah. Because time is money. But
0: that, I mean, it it does it does sort of reflect what we got as a film. Yeah,
2: I I would say I don't want to jump into the the film too early, but. I don't think that trailer sells how intense that film can actually
0: be. I only watched it today cuz I was lazy. I've been, <laughs> I've been very busy drawing sandcastles on the beach. I came out of this really tired. Oh really? I yeah. was just like, "Oh man. This is so
1: heavy." <laughs> it, it is one of those films where it's, you know, it's a cliché to use but for I think in this case it really applies yeah. to it. It's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. In a, in a very good way, it is just draining because yeah, you, regardless of you know what character you're rooting for, like, like there are definitely different perspectives as I'm sure we'll discuss as the film goes on. But regardless of whose side you're on, you you just you just get like sort of thrown about by mm-hmm. this film. You go, oh, what's going to happen next? It's I, I was on the edge of my seat, and I agree. Like I was tired by the end of it. I
2: right. think that's a that's a that's a positive for the trailer. The trailer doesn't really paint either of these two people as the villain. It, do- it really does a good job of explaining that this is just a simple story about two people going through a divorce. Yeah, one's, in- one's not in the wrong, one's not in the right, uh, or rather, they're both in the wrong and they're both in the right as well. I, do- I thought the trailer did a really wonderful job of explaining
1: that. Yeah, absolutely, and I think furthering onto that point, um, because sort of, I was watching because when I saw the first trailer, it was on Netflix, and the first trailer I saw was just the sort of I want to I'm going to call it the main trailer, but it was sort of the two his and her trailers cut together and that was the only trailer i saw i only found out the other day that there were actually two others from two different points of view which i thought was really interesting i'm i'm, I'm personally kind of glad that i saw that main trailer first because to me it, it suggested a level of an un- unbiased mm. perspective yeah and i saw this trailer thinking this film's going to sort of present these characters and allow you to make up your own mind um, and I think that was good that the trailer then didn't go on to sort of show you what, what the film actually does. And the film does end up skewing skewering, I think, your point of view or somewhat on certain characters. It does sort of lean you towards taking a side on, on, on one person. Mm. But I think the trailer did a good job of just setting you up going, here are these characters and you're not sure how you're going to feel about it. Sort of just come in and make up your own mind. I thought that was the biggest selling point from the trailer for me.
2: I think it's quite crucial when you've got a character drama like this as well that, but- that you don't provide a trailer with a villain. I think if you're going to make a a drama a character drama like this, you really need to sell the fact that it, it is it is characters against circumstances they're not real familiar with, and that doesn't need to be a villain in the film whatsoever.
1: No, no, because normal in real life, there's no you know good or bad in sort of this situation in terms of this kind of marriage story that's presented here. There's there's no one that's going to turn around and have some kind of overarching plan or anything like that. You know they're just trying to get through it and be happy that's their their goal really is just to have a nice life and it sort of goes a bit wrong for them yeah. you know
0: it, it's draining yeah I, yeah I i personally watching it as a film i watched it with my wife today and you know we're a married couple and it's just like <laughs> This is heavy. Yeah. If, is- if anything, it sort of makes you go, well, I never want to go through
1: that. Well, yeah. It's funny, really, because watching it as a single person, like sort of in like a black humor kind of I was like, oh, this is why I'm still single. You know, this is, <laughs> I don't have to go through any of this kind of um, navigation of, of another person's feelings to this degree. I don't have to put up with that. I, I can't speak to its ability to portray a a relationship sort of in terms of marriage because I'm not married I've also not divorced either Mm -hmm. so I can't talk to either of those things but as far as I can tell it was a fairly measured approach to it I think it wasn't it didn't really get melodramatic I think it maintained a, a level of
0: intensity where you weren't given the opportunity to relax I think maybe at the start I was quite surprised how quickly they just jumped into the divorce story. Yeah. They didn't dick around with, <laughs> no. Oh, we're gonna try and make things better which is very cliche in so yeah. many films is oh actually, oh, they're going through so much, but oh look at the noble thing that the other character has done to make the other person forget all the bad things that have happened. In this case they are they're sticking it out. They're going, Okay, we're gonna try and be mm. amical about this, but the the drama is that as much as they try and let it be amicable with each other about it, that goes off the rails as well.
2: I think part of that drama is the fact that Adam Driver's character, I think there is this like underlying sort of expectation from him that, oh, she'll probably come back to me. We'll probably get yeah, back that's, together. Yeah, he's yeah.
1: definitely. And it's funny you mention it because I think also on her behalf, um, Scarlett Johansson's character, who's called, um, we should use a character names just apart from the expert but uh, Nicole Barbara and then Charlie Barbara, uh, who's play, who's Adam Driver's character, or Anthony Driver, as I'm now going to call him. Um, <laughs> but um, N- Nicole Barbara, I-, I got from her character and the way she was written that for the most part, she was very much on the fence, like, you know, when when she's going to to serve him his notice and all that. She was sort of like, oh, I don't really know. Yeah. And it just kind of happens. And he goes, all right, I'll, go, I'll have to go along with it now. And then Nora, played by Laura Dern, her lawyer sort of really pushes Nicole to sort of go... She's sort of dragging her heels a bit. Like she doesn't really want to ever want to go as far as she actually goes. She's just sort of quite reluctant. And I think that sort of balances out to mm-hmm. what you're pointing out with Charlie, the character, how he's sort of going... If I just kind of wait and be good, I'm sure this will sort itself out, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, he's also very reluctant to initially. He doesn't want to get a lawyer until I think Nora, Laura Dern's character, exactly. actually calls him and says, "Hey, this is happening. You need to get a lawyer. Yeah. Legally speaking, you have to have one."
2: And there are three supporting car, like supporting characters in this film that actually really sort of bring out how uh, how devastating in a voice a divorce can be. And Laura Dern's character, for starters, uh, Nora Fanjore is is the first one that sort of she she pushes for this divorce mm-hmm. and I think that's that's a the first great perspective and then you've got Charlie's first lawyer Bert Spitz played by the brilliant Alan Holder, who who takes a measured a, pro, a measured approach to the divorce he also treats her as Charlie does as this as this thing that needs to be treated with respect? The other person needs to be treated with respect, with care. This is like a divorce is a terrible time. Finally, you got Ray Liotta's character, which was a.
0: Which is the first she, the first lawyer that he visits. Yeah, he's an attack dog.
1: Um, I would describe both of them as as probably the only actually bad characters yeah. in terms of being bad people mm-hmm. in the film. I don't know if I don't think it's a coincidence that they're also both lawyers. Both of those are very much just out for blood, and it's not yeah. even you know personal to them and i think those two are like the if you want to say the villains i guess it would actually be them yeah. more than anything else yeah they're certainly just
0: doing their jobs though yeah. aren't they yeah they they're are, doing yeah. their jobs they want to get their clients the best that
1: they can yeah. get them and that's and why it's that, so morally ambiguous as well it's yeah. like well actually they're just doing what they're being they're paid to do what they're
0: being told to do yeah well, if um, you
2: treat um nicole and charlie as as both separate protagonists in their own stories then definitely, both of those lawyers are definitely the villains to their protagonists.
1: And I think that's why it works um, that they did those two trailers, some sort of his and her trailer, because, like you say, they are essentially both the protagonists. Mm-hmm. And and I and that's why I think the film is brilliant in it offers you the ability, at least for the first three quarters, to actually pick whose side you're on. If even if there is a side, I mean, I think it's a lot more complex than just yeah. going, you know, they're right or, or they're wrong. And I don't know if... I think I was actually disappointed that in the end it did pick a side. I thought it would have mm. been good if it just sort of presented these two characters just going through their own uh, conflicts. But uh, towards the end, it definitely does side with, with Charlie towards the end. At least in my opinion, it does. And Scarlett Johansson kind of takes a backseat. Mm. Really? it She's... Are, are we going to spoil this here? No, well, to, no, we, I mean, um, no, don't,
0: don't spoil I won't anything, spoil but it. I, I just find the interpretation interesting that you yeah. think that he won. I, I, yeah. f-
1: I found at the end that the film was telling me to take pity on Charlie yeah. more than, I keep forgetting her name, Nicole. So take pity on him. And Nicole, it sort of said. Not don't have to feel as sorry mm. for her in a way. At least that was my interpretation.
2: That's I do I do agree with that to some extent. I think I think the movie's a really really strong point, uh, maybe for the first two thirds of the film film is is perspective, mm. is actually giving you a reason to root for Nicole and a reason to root for um, Charlie as well. Uh, I do agree with what you're saying there. In the last maybe third, it, it's really Charlie's story that sort of picks up. We do get Nicole sort of sidelined, not sidelined, but. Charlie definitely is the focus.
1: Yeah, and I don't think it helps that there's that time jump as well, which which serves the, the plot very well. There's that like year time jump at the end. And I think Nicole gets lost leading up to that, and then after the time jump, suddenly they're, they're back together. And yeah. it's, Maybe that was intentional. Maybe that there was, there was to show the passage of time more effectively, perhaps, because you've been with these two characters pretty much constantly for the rest of the film, and I didn't realise how long it was. It's, it's about two... It's two, two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, wow. so it's a
0: fairly long film for a drama... I When I loaded it today, I, I audibly went, oh. <laughs> two hours and 15 minutes. I was just like, oh, man, that's a long film. Mm-hmm. And especially when you get that emotional charge from the very
1: start, I was yeah. just like, mm. oh, man, this is going to take a while. But it was engaging. And, that, and that's another thing as well. And it carried through from the trailer because I watched. A, I was on Netflix again, like the trailer came up. And I'd already been told about it Mm -hmm. by someone and I watched the trailer and thought that does look quite good and watched the film immediately afterwards. And I found that the tone and the sort of energy that that trailer set up just carried on Mm -hmm. perfectly into the film. And I think it's rare that you can watch a trailer and think that it almost is like a um, introduction, which is what it kind of should be to the film. You can watch that right before it doesn't give anything away. And you can just go straight into the film and think, oh yeah, this is, I know where I am. I know what this is going to be. And then obviously it develops as it should later on. Mm-hmm. I did find it interesting that the very beginning of the film is structured pretty much exactly the same as that trailer, which is you have mm-hmm. a narration, the sort of what we like kind of thing, obviously in a slightly different context. And then, and then in sort of the same way, it cuts it down and goes, and now, and now there's a silence, which is when she decides she doesn't want to... Um, read out her letter and that's when it sort of takes a turn
0: you get those character monologues at the very start that sort of an introduction and it's almost quite positive in a way it it is it starts off in a positive way they talk about the things that annoy them about each other and I could certainly relate to that because there are lots of things that I know that piss off my partner but you know you get past those it makes you
1: like them immediately both yeah. of them yeah it, it makes Brings it, you on side it makes
0: you go okay hang on who am i actually going to cheer for here as the story evolves you sort of understand why she she is the one who's made the decision to get divorced initially i was like okay i can understand her reasons but you know it's not quite there but then it's sort of they really get stuck mm-hmm. into it and those emotions come out about how she genuinely feels, mm. and you see that he still doesn't quite get it. Yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that he learns anything from this.
1: Oh mm. well, that, actually, that it's it's interesting you bring that up because, I, and I think this feeds into. So I wanted to talk about theme for this film because mm. obviously it's a drama and, and it's clearly got something to say. And when I first saw it, I did find the ending. And I'm not going to. I'll try not to give too much away, but I did find the ending a little vague the first time round until i sort of watched it the second time and realized well this film isn't exactly about marriage per se but it's actually about compromise and and it can be applied to any relationship yeah. It doesn't have to be marriage it's just marriage is the you know the best example for it but the idea is learning to compromise because both these characters are quite stubborn the whole way through to in various degrees and it's not until the end and it's hard to talk about without spoiling it because I don't want to because I think if, if someone hasn't seen this and, and listens to this and wants to go and see it, I, I would recommend it because I thought it was great. But it's not until the end that you sort of see the, 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 this like, this sort of compromise, but in a very unexpected way, I think. It's, yeah. It doesn't have a cliche ending, which I thought was really good the second time round. I thought, actually, that's very satisfying that they haven't done, you know, a, a they all live happily ever after ending, which you could imagine kind of, which would kind of ruin it, really. It would be a bit of a cheat ending to do that. I think that sort of speaks to sort of
2: Noel Baumbach, bon- who is the director of the film. Mm. Um, and a
1: writer. He also wrote yeah, it. Yeah, he also wrote it as well. I think that just
2: speaks to the the, the quality of his writing. And uh, I mean, just reading here that it was not, not uh, word for word, a true telling of his own life but it was inspired by some of the events of his life as well okay. he, he went through a, a pretty uh, I wouldn't say bitter divorce he went through a divorce a few years ago yeah and he's sort of he's really drawn from that
1: it would explain it would help to explain why it, t- it does feel so real and that's also a testament to the actors as well obviously mm-hmm. but I think the writing is is superb. It, it, obviously, there's the argument scene, which is, I think, probably the highlight oh, yeah. for everyone who's seen this film. Is this it's probably what halfway through or just over halfway through? Just I after think. halfway, and it's it's just incredible. Like the performances and the writing is just fantastic. I would agree with that. Yeah,
2: uh, I think I think probably if I was going to pick a favorite, Scar and and Adam Driver, I'd probably go ScarJo. I just think she's like she just conveys so much with her performance. There's, there's, she, she does. There's a part yeah. at the start of the film where the talking to the therapist the, the, the couple's therapist and he's asking them to read out a, a list of, of things they they like and hate about each other and Scarlett refuses to do it and i love that scene i love that yeah. little bit of acting there it's, it's so loaded it's so it,
1: and it's, it's and this is where I, this is where i sort of alienate any anyone else who really likes scarlett johansson but this is the first film i've seen with her in where i legitimately really enjoyed her performance mm-hmm. And that may be because some of the other films I've seen her in haven't given her the material to actually do that. And this is, you know, obviously a very good script. Um, But I I, I have to agree. I was very, very impressed by what she did. And I just thought, well, you know, why doesn't she do more stuff like this? You know, get her agent to get her more parts like this because she was brilliant in it. It was fantastic.
2: Well, I can't wait to see Adam Driver in another sort of character-driven film as well. Mm. Um, He... uh, Released a film last year called The Report. I think I, I, I'm. I'm really I haven't eager, seen that yet. Yeah. I'm really eager to sit down and watch that. I reckon that'll be a great little Adam Driver performance. Mm. And I mean, he you know, he was the highlight of the the sequel trilogy.
1: Wasn't oh, he? absolutely. Especially um, Last Jedi. It's funny we, we mentioned it just before we started recording this that you know he, he leaves Star Wars and then he does this film and there are quite a few scenes where he's getting compared to his father and mm-hmm. and it just I think hard for us being Star Wars fans initially to accept him not being Carlo Ren because we've seen him in that role so featured so heavily like you you see all the posters and that he's you know everywhere so I think it was it was at at first for me some of those scenes came off as Funnier than they should have been, <laughs> because I had that meta background sort of conversation going on in my head, and it wasn't until the second time I was like, okay, he's not Carla Ren anymore, okay he's Charlie Borman. Let's just <laughs> separate them, and yeah, but I, I did find it funny that that was going through my head, and to his his acting ability, I, he isn't actually at all like Carlo Ren, obviously in this film at all, and the other film I've seen him in was Logan Lucky with mm-hmm. the um, oh yeah, comedy. of course, i would forgotten about that. He's completely different in that as well, like he's act, but in a very subtle way. So I think he's got a lot of very good. Um, depth. only other real film I've seen Adam Driver in is probably Black Klansman and he's not
2: given a, a lot to do on that film.
0: When we were watching this today, we had sort of this moment where we, we had to stop the film because we had to do something else for a moment. We had some people over. My wife sort of looked at me and just sort of said, I don't know if I want to keep watching. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I really think if you, if you have experienced this before, this is a real trigger mm. film. Oh, I it, would it imagine It is so raw with everything that it gives you the conversations are not heavily I mean it, obviously it's scripted but it's not doctored in a way that or mm. cut to make it appear mm. fast or you know it let it's allowed to breathe it that's, doesn't that's cram de- information yeah, down yeah and, your and it's throat. definitely
1: the same with the cinematography as well because a lot of it's just shot in houses yeah you know yeah. it's a very it's set, they're normal people in yeah. normal houses and so a lot of it's done not so much all in wide shots but there are definitely very sort of There's space around these people, so you can just sort of see that they're in a normal place, kind of thing, and that adds to it, I think.
0: And a lot of movement is done, you know, with keeping characters in shot is done with Mm -hmm. pans or yeah, you know, they let it move, they move with the person rather than cutting in conversation. And I don't, I don't know from a technical perspective what that really achieves. Maybe it keeps you in the scene a bit, sort of. It gives you a understanding of space and where you are. Okay, they're just normal people in normal houses experiencing. Mm what happens to a lot of people. It makes you feel like you're a fly in the wall.
1: It really does. But I think another thing that it does really well is there are moments in this film which are obviously you know scripted to be peaks in a scene. And one of the really obvious ones is when Adam Driver accidentally cuts himself oh, in the middle of this health child worker. I don't, I'm not sure what a title would be. Coming around to evaluate how good yeah. of a father he is suddenly it's played for comedy Yeah, and you kind of go that wouldn't happen in real life but because the film's gre- spent the last two hours training you to ground yourself mm-hmm. you go you know that, that that could easily have happened and the, you know his performance the way he tries to cover it up and he just sort of shows her the door and she goes are oh, you okay yeah, no no yeah, yeah I'm fine It's you know, op- open the door for her and yeah, they're getting blood all over the door and it's right. like oh my but gosh it's one of those things that you know ordinarily you'd look at it and it'd be hilarious and it is kind of funny if it wasn't for the fact that you yeah. it's trained you in this stress yeah. of that scene which It'll goes on for a fair while while. Yeah. I, I didn't and I was just going oh god what is he going to yeah, die yeah. is she going to but even worse is like is he going to survive but he can't see his son anymore like you don't know what's going to happen yeah and it, uh, that scene was just incredible because like, of course
0: I, it goes from that scene and it goes to the in a one year's time that's right immediately don't know after, happened yeah. to him You've no and you no you don't see him
1: straight away so you like uh has he
0: just <laughs> yeah. died and which, I, and which would
1: have been a real cop out it would have been but funnily enough I was like actually I could believe that the film would you know bring me all this way and then just kill him it, it kind of felt like
2: any other film, they would have killed him.
1: I think
0: you're right, yeah. <laughs> I think in a, in a stereotypical Hollywood drama. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Even if
2: we wanted to be one of those Cindy, uh, not Cindy. Those indie cinema sort of gritty, dark, or like some foreign film. I think they would have killed him off, but it's some just some foreign film.
1: It, it, it's just this, it, it's a, it's it's a, a grand, trope of foreign film. I mean, it's we're in Australia, so I mean, Hollywood—they're all foreign films to us. Exactly. But, you know. <laughs>
2: um, but it, it's just this grounded character drama, and so when they decide they're going to cut the main character's arm open, they just mm. go, "Oh, well, let's, quite, let's go with it." Yeah,
0: it's quite a gash as yeah. well and, like, he, and he uses like two band-aids to yeah. try and fix it because like,
1: like, obviously seeing Logan Lucky he's obviously got comedic chops but his, his timing with that you just didn't know what to feel like this is mm. you know this is hilarious at the same time it's awful I don't want something mm-hmm. bad to happen I, yeah. you legitimately care for these characters the film does a great job of making you care
0: that scene really speaks to his character as well because you think about it the reason why well one of the main reasons they got divorced is that he devotes so much mm-hmm. of his time and passion to the theatre Mm. that he half asses everything else in his life. <laughs> and if that means being in a relationship is half assed if it means trying to fix the open wound in his hand, which he uses yeah. less than <laughs> half the amount of Band-Aids required, really sort of shows you this guy. Yeah, he can't still, even, he can't he even can't, learn
1: what side the, uh, the cupboards open, which is, again, it's, it's played for laughs. And so talking of, of that tone, I think we should actually mention Randy Newman doing the music. And and Randy for, Newman did the music. Randy yeah. Newman did I, the. I, now, I only realized in yeah. the credits that it was him. Now, the great Randy Newman and if people don't know who Randy Newman is, he originally started doing like a satirical rock and roll career yeah. in the 70s 80s and, and you should check that out because the satire is still relevant today, scarily enough. But then he went on to do Pixar films and soundtracks. And he did Toy Story, he did Finding No, that was uh, Thomas Newman. He did Bugs he did Bugs, L- Bugs, Life he did Bugs as well. definitely did Bugs Life and he's done a few others. But the reason I I really want to bring up Randy Newman and why I think he was such a great choice for this film is is that he scored it as a Pixar film. (laughs) So, uh, as you know, we've all grown up with the Pixar films with the Toy Story soundtrack, and I I thought it kind of brings you up at the beginning when they're talking about all those lovely things they like about each other with the Randy Mm, Newman soundtrack, You've Got a Friend in Me, and then the film to me and the music just goes this death of innocence.
0: I did find this really odd juxtaposition of the story and the music, and I I didn't realise it was Randy Newman uh, until the credits, but I did get this sense of positivity at the start. I, like yeah. imposed positivity that, hey, you know, everything's going to be okay. And then it sort of goes, uh-huh, no, it's not. I think yeah. this would
2: probably be one of those few films for me where I just, I, I really didn't care about any of the technical aspects. I knew they were there. I knew they were probably done really it's, well. yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, I was completely invested in what was going on. With
1: uh, it, there's no doubt it shot incredibly well and cut incredibly well. But like you say, I didn't notice it either. Yeah. I got to the end of it and went, I think it's because the performances are mm-hmm. so driven and so convincing, mm-hmm. you can't see anything else. You just you're so glued to the screen for them and, and it gets uncomfortable, obviously, but you're for the most part glued to that screen and, and can't wait to see what happens to them. But it does such a good job in the first 10 minutes of making you care a lot mm-hmm. for the both of them that you're, you sort of follow them almost anywhere, and that's why I think it, it's able to go for two hours, 15 minutes because you actually care. you want to find out what happens to them. The film does a good job of capturing life of a
0: particularly dramatic thing that can happen in life, but very grounded in reality.
1: And I think there's something to take away from it. I think that, I think, well, for me personally, you're obviously, well, anyone's welcome to disagree. It's all subjective. But I think it was for these two characters learning the importance of not having everything your own way. Obviously, when you watch the film, you see that there's conflict there from, you know, um, Nicole's character. Um, and sort of how she feels her life is going and then Charlie's character and, and sort of, you know, they meet in the middle, they go to rada, rada, rada. But I, I think ultimately that's what the film is about for me is this idea of if you, you can't be one side of the coin, you know, you have to be in the middle and you have to meet people in the middle and, and have these compromises in, in decisions and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I, I would go off a step further with that. I think the film is probably about change and just accepting that change is, is, is not how it's portrayed in the movies. It, yeah. Sometimes there there is change that you... Like Nicole and Charlie, you just need to deal with you just need to live with Charlie might not want to have to move to l a but if he wants to see his son and his ex wife mm. that's what he's got to do
1: actually it's funny because that's when I spoke about the ending before and how it's a sort of very what's the word um unexpected perhaps ending in the in where it leaves them mm-hmm. I think that that's go, that's a testament to what you're discussing is that sort of it said what it needs to say is. By the end of it, they've accepted where mm. wherever it is they're at and, and they've accepted that things have changed and they're not going to go back to the way they were before because that's real life. I mean, like you say, people don't – if you have a divorce, it's very unlikely things will go back to exactly the way that they were before. What we haven't mentioned, which we should bring up, is the stakes, which is the sun. Yeah, no, they are. They are both. They both love their son, and they. That's the. That's the goal. Yeah. Is they want to be able to have as much time with their son as possible.
2: I actually feel bad because we haven't really. No, we haven't. He, he is like he is a pivotal part of this he, film. He is.
1: He is, and that's obviously that's the goal. That's sort of the stakes, and you ha- you understand both of their point of views when they say, "But I want to be able to do this with my son." You go, yeah. "Well, of course you do, and you should be able to." And then that's where the conflict comes in with the lawyers, things going to as further than perhaps they should, and and that's that's why I think it. It grips you so much because you're going, why, why can't you just get along, you know, for, yeah. the, for your son's sake? And I think that's probably what people would feel like if their parents were going through a, a divorce, unfortunately. And I think that's it captures that quite well. Mm-hmm. Sort of that that feeling of, you know, the kid in the bed going, oh, please don't fight. Why are we doing this? You know, let's like, yeah. just, just get along. Because you could you do you go stop arguing and just get along. Mm-hmm. It really makes you almost scream at the TV, like behave yourselves. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Pull yourselves together.
0: And you bring, it, if you bring it back to you know, Matt, at the very start, you thought that Charlie's character won in the end and there's that conversation they sort of have when they're talking about dividing assets. I guess you could say that it's probably a 60-40 split on how we feel who won. Maybe it's 70-30, yeah, maybe it's 55-45. Yeah. And I guess it really depends on your perspective you know, who won more? Do we really care who won more? I th- is uh, the best interest should be with the child? Has the child won anything in, yeah. in the end of all this? Because that's sort of who they're doing all of this for is that mm. is the child? But
1: I, I think I sort of just to to touch back on on you know my my point about thinking that Charlie had won is I think he's the one who developed the most yeah. out of the yeah. two of them, okay. and therefore I think he walked away with more. Okay. He, well, definitely, yeah, but...
2: he definitely, he uh, definitely appreciated the marriage. No, he definitely uh, used the marriage as as a more, um, as a part of his personality more than Nicole did.
1: Yeah, yeah. being
2: married for him was a part of his identity, and and it might have been for Nicole as well, but I think it was more substantial part for Charlie. And there's mm. more room to grow there as a character if that's the case.
1: Well, being Australia. We do have pies in the oven, of course. So maybe mm. we, should, we should give this a rating and sum up. I think that's a very good idea. Out of pies? Uh, I, well, you know, why not? We've got them in the... Sand the, pies. Uh, We're the on the Sand pies, sand pies. Sand sand yeah. Pies.
0: How many sand pies? Uh, Matthew, you can start with this
1: one. Um, I, I went into this film mainly mainly for for Adam Driver and 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 Scarlett Johansson and also Laura Dern who's a a good actress and and one of my favourites obviously from Jurassic Park and which we haven't mentioned won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, did she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, well, well deserved because um, it's the first time I've really hated her, and which just is a test- <laughs> testament to uh, her performance. You know? I loved her in Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I, I love this. I loved how how as we've mentioned, it was so realistic and grounded and then it was able to trick you into some of those really sort of almost absurd moments of of dark comedy. Um, I was absolutely on the edge of my seat for this, so I'm I'm going to give it five.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's an easy four to me. It's not anything groundbreaking. I just think it was a really, really excellently done character drama. And it's something I'll probably go back to as well, but I... I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave the five for something more substantial. I feel okay. it's I feel it's in the future some at some
1: point. You reckon it's touched upon it, but not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
0: okay. You know, it, it ticked all the boxes. It was good about everything that it did, but it gave me a sense of it also annoyed me. <laughs> you know, as a story, I was sort of just like, <laughs> uh, you know, is it so grounded, or it's trying to be so mm. grounded that it's going? This is divorce, and this is and and, and like it's it's reality, but it's it was to the point where it didn't take me out of my own reality. Mm-hmm. It left me knowing that I was sitting on my couch in a house just like <laughs> they probably do as well. I didn't get a sense of it taking me away and, you know, letting me relax for two hours. I was stressed for two hours. I didn't need <laughs> that today. You know? Yeah. And but that, that doesn't mean don't see the film. I There's think it's argument. worth seeing. Oh, so, I, sorry Steve I mean there's an
2: argument to say That because it made you stressed Maybe it was doing its job Maybe
0: it did ex- and, and that is exactly right Maybe it did exactly What it was supposed to do I wouldn't call it A first date film Oh no Can you imagine that
1: <laughs> Wow Steve nearly <laughs> Choked on his good. drink <laughs> um, Imagine that That'd be great Would it Yeah <laughs> I guess if you didn't like them All yeah, that much like, yeah, be- Oh we should go see Marriage this Story a Very terrible blind date
2: <laughs> uh,
1: you you know, Netflix
0: and chill uh, yeah, yeah got right. a great movie <laughs> More like Netflix and cry <laughs> um, oh, i'm I'm really torn because I want to give it you know for all those aspects you say okay yeah it's a five because it does all of that yeah. but it still annoyed me and and that makes me want to go give it a three okay but so I guess probably you know trying to Put the two hemispheres of my brain together and say okay what do I go with I guess it has to be a four
1: oh 13 out of 15 that's not too bad I reckon that's acceptable for a Netflix
0: film yeah, yeah. I think so yeah yeah nice okay well that's I think that's a wrap on episode three that was a good episode episode, yeah. episode three wow wow three already this far. that was yeah. a deep episode that was <laughs> <laughs> a little a little deeper than we needed maybe yeah. next week we can chill out a little bit with something else yeah yeah okay don't forget to visit us on trailerisland.com.au find us wherever you find your podcasts You've got... What it was a Google podcast, we've got the Apple podcast, the Spotify. Yeah. I'm surprised a lot of people have Spotify. I did not realise that many I people have it. I it's had
1: quite accessible. Not that we're plugging Spotify all that much, but yeah, <laughs> it's good. Also a bunch of uh, Apple subsidiaries as well. I yeah, think. There's like and yeah, there's Overcast. Yeah, there's a
0: lot that fall under that as well. So please check it out. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't ever miss an episode. You never want to miss Matt's voice. That's no, sure. I mean, who would want to miss this? Silky. Silky. Mm, oh, Silky. yes. And Steve, there is the Twitter. Twitter yeah. as well. Yeah, island um, trailer. Still I think it, I'm We're going to find him. Gonna find we have him. his address. He's just never there
2: when we
1: call.
0: <laughs> I've
2: been tweeting at him as well. It feels like I'm tweeting at myself. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Wait, hang on. Okay. All right. I'll allow that. Yeah. Um, fantastic. Well, that's a wrap on episode three. And I've been your host, Alex, on the Trailer Island podcast. I've been Matthew. And I am Steve. Lovely. We will see you next week for episode four. Good night we sure.